This is episode 347. I'm ready. I've done all this work. So where's my person? With Asma. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I have a great show for you today. We cover a lot of ground. So even if you have your person and you're not looking for your person, I think that you're going to get a lot of value from today's show because we talk about patience. We talk about trust. We talk about our relationship with our parents. There's a lot of ground we cover here. So as you're listening to this episode, consider Do you feel like you've done all this work and you're wondering where your prize is? (laughs) Meaning, where's your person or where's your job or where's your money or where's your health result? And you're just getting frustrated because you keep putting in the work, but you don't have the result. Are you divorced or out of a breakup and back in the dating scene and really want to call in your person and find yourself getting a little impatient with how long it's taking? Do you have a pattern of dating emotionally unavailable people or people who you date for a while and then they go, oh, I'm not ready for this. And you're like, what? I thought this was going great. And finally, are you patient with yourself? Or is there an inner judge, an inner critic, an inner, you know, harsh coach in there who's like, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, da, 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 who's just really, really hard on you. So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Asma. So for all the single ladies out there who really want to call in their beloved, their man, their king, their person, their soulmate, I like to say soul match, and you are done with the dating, you're done with the patterns of calling in unavailable people, you're done with the games, you're done with relationships ending, then I highly encourage you to take our Be The Queen course. This course is so close to my heart. I created this course because I got so many questions. How did I call in stuff? How did I go from divorcee to being so single in my 30s, like crickets single, to meeting a love of my life who happened to live on the other side of the world? Like, how did I do it? It wasn't random. There was a very intentional process I took myself through. I created the process because I got so frustrated with dating coaches I hired, workshops I took, courses I took. Nothing was working and it was making me feel worse about myself, honestly. And so I created this empowering process to really call in the quality of relationship I desired with zero settling. And that's what we teach in Be The Queen. And I teach it with Steph so you get a man's perspective as well. So it's a course we usually teach live, but we turned it into a recorded course. It's a beautiful course. You get all the benefits. You get to watch the coaching, all the experiential processes, all the love work we take you through. It is just, oh, it's so exquisite. And we have complete transformation of the women that go through this course. This course is for women calling in a man because that is my experience. All my other courses are for anyone and everyone, but this is just a very niche specific thing. And I know there are a lot of you out there. I know there are a lot of amazing women out there frustrated and really looking to be met in relationship. So as my listener, we are offering you $200 off the course with the promo code over it. Just go to christinehaster.com slash be the queen. Again, christinehaster.com slash be the queen. Go to the checkout page in the promo tab, enter over it, 
and you get $200 off. I hope you invest in yourself and your future relationship. Seriously, this is the last course you'll need when it comes to calling in your king. It's that extensive. And I know it worked because I found mine. Asma, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you. Uh, well, I think for me, I'm kind of in a place in my life. I'm in my 40s and um, I've been divorced for about six years. My children are growing up and I'm really just trying to understand my journey and not attach it to a timeline or an mm. outcome. And, you know, I've done a lot of the work, you know, six years ago when I got divorced, I realized I was, you know, a caretaker and, you know, did a lot of that self-worth exploration, figuring out what I want in life, creating the life that I want. And I feel like I have that now. And for a while I have, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And I think that um, because of the culture and sort of faith group that I come from, we don't really, and even at a young age, I never really dated. And so uh, I am, I feel like this, I have this relationship wound where I really do want to experience a beautiful relationship with a partner. Mm. And I got married young. And as I mentioned, became a caretaker very quickly. And that was really the sort of essence of my marriage. And when things didn't work out 15 years later and many children later, um, it was tough, but mm-hmm. you go through it. And I'm very grateful for all the growth, you know, the self-worth, um, the uh, inner child sort of work, uh, understanding who I really am and getting to sort of embrace being single and doing mm-hmm. the things that I've always wanted to do. So a lot of good things, you know, and even being able to connect with my kids differently, um, mm. beautiful and creating the home that I want. Recently, I would say in the past year or two, I've kind of gotten back out there and learned a lot of lessons. You know, I've been ghosted. <laughs> I've been sort of recognized some patterns of being attracted to emotionally unavailable men. And I feel like now I'm in this really comfortable place where that no longer attracts me. Mm. And I'm just like waiting for the universe to like, I know it's going to happen, but I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the universe to like, I'm like, I'm ready. So, so why isn't it happening? And I'm realizing <laughs> <laughs> that perhaps there's another, some other area that I'm not aware of, or perhaps it's just enjoying my life as it is and not yeah. putting pressure on that timeline or attaching sort of my growth to an outcome. Yeah. That's where I really need some help. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. So I love this question so much and I love that you have done this work and I love that you can see the value in it. And when it comes to relationship, and it is funny because we just finished teaching our last be the queen program of this year. And something that I said to so many of the women is when it comes to relationships or when, you know, other people are involved in things, it's not like we, we don't have as much control as we do say, say you start wanted to start your own business or write a book or something like that. It doesn't involve another person. You can really do that. But when it comes to love and when it comes to the kind of relationship that I feel you're looking for, the other person is on their timeline as well. And you might feel really ready, but whoever really is your match, I like to say soul match, because we have lots of soulmates, right? Even your ex-husband was a soulmate. You know, he's the father of your children. You learned incredible lessons from him. 
We have lots of soulmates, but soul matches are a little harder to find because they really are those people that we're growing with, not growing from, right? Because so many of the people we attract in our life, we're attracting from our past issues. But those soul match people, they really are based on more values and vision and our soul essence and where we want to go versus where we've been. And it requires a different kind of person. It requires a person who's done their work as well and is ready for that level of commitment. So you could feel really ready and think, oh, I'm doing something wrong when you're not at all. You're just kind of waiting because the person that is your soul match isn't quite where they need to be to be in resonance with you. Does that make sense? That resonates so deeply because I feel that I have met someone who was a soul match and we parted beautifully and it felt like he wasn't ready and he said so. And I knew that I couldn't in that moment stay. I wasn't being invited to. And I know that I was so happy to release this person to grow on their own because that's deeply what I want for him. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, I go through this sort of inner wrestle with myself because when I listen to my intuition and what I know to be true, I do feel that it's almost like a certainty for me that this person will come back or if he doesn't, it's okay. It's, it's, it's a strange thing, but then I'll rest. The other part of me is like, life doesn't work this way. It's not as magical as you're thinking it is. So sometimes <laughs> I do wrestle with that, but my intuition deeply tells me that I will find someone who is that soul match. And I agree that there are more than, there is one more than one soul match. I think my struggle is just being patient. Yeah. And it's tough when you've never been embraced or held or actively loved and supported and sort of, you feel like you've been very patient and you feel like you've done the work. If I feel like talking first person. If I, yes, if (laughs) I feel like, if I, and I do feel like that. I feel like I'm so ready and I know I won't allow myself to um, be in partnership unless there's a deep alignment there, Mm -hmm. but I'm just really waiting for someone else who's ready. Yeah. So let's talk about your patience. Okay. (laughs) Where else are you impatient in your life? How patient are you with yourself? Oh, well, I have some health goals right now and I've been a little impatient with myself, a little hard on myself with sometimes what I choose to eat or if I can't get out there, you know, I've got a busy life. I've got several children and they're growing up. They've got their activities. I work full time, but if I can't get my run in or if I am, you know, not on point with my macros, I'm pretty hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you're making me think. <laughs> so this could be one of the things that as you're waiting, that is up for you to really become the best partner, because I promise you that that patience and that rigidity and that judgment is going to, after the honeymoon phase wears is off, you're going to do that to your partner. Okay. And so one of the things that may be, um, your invitation, because there's a lot we're asked to clean up before we bring in our soul match. And this is probably one of those things because that degree of judgment you have on yourself and impatience you have with yourself and rigidity that you have sometimes with yourself and kind of controlling Mm -hmm. as a way to keep yourself on track, you will do that in relationship. It will show up there. And so one thing that I would recommend is really looking at, and this is something else we teach in Be the Queen, is really looking at how 
do I become the best partner and lover to myself? Mm-hmm. Like when I was really calling in staff, I'd hear a voice in my head and I would go, would I talk to my partner like that? Hmm. And if your partner had health goals, would you shame him for not getting his run in? Would you judge him for not getting his macros in? Or would you be loving? Would you supportive? Would you say, is there anything you need from me? Or is there anything that needs to be adjusted or, or just validate? I'm so proud of you. You're doing so great. Let's pay attention to everything you've done versus everything you're not doing. Like, how are you going to show up for Mm -hmm. someone? And how we show up for others is very similar to how we show up for ourselves. So this impatient, like I want what I want now. And like, I've done this work. So where's my prize? We all have that. Like I put all this work (laughs) in, where's my pot of gold? And that, that just pushes things farther away. Right. Because the universe is magical. It's very, very magical, but it's more invested in our soul growth than our preferences. Okay. So, and I I can't speak on behalf of the universe, but that's just what I've noticed over time is that we draw to us what we need to learn, what we're emotionally feeling and energetically broadcasting Mm-hmm. And how we need to grow. And so this like, where is he? I want this now. That's that's so much your lesson right now is being in that place of patience and being in that place of trust. Because what I notice with people who mm-hmm. are more on the spectrum of controlling, and mm-hmm. that's not a derogatory thing. I'm not putting you down for that. Mm-hmm. I have it too. Is that we have less faith. Mm-hmm. and less trust. And part of the ways we deal with sort of our, our spiritual crisis and our fear to like really trust, to really, really let go and surrender and trust mm-hmm. is we over control. We, we right. over plan, we overdo, we have systems, we over rely on ourselves. We're kind of like, if I want something done, I'll just do it myself. Cause it'll get done. It'll get done better. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there, and I assume that you probably want more of a masculine man. Is this correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So not going to happen if you don't learn how to surrender. Right. And you know, there's things you learn in theory and then things you feel emotionally. And I feel like some of these things I'm just going to learn in relationship because I feel that I've learned so much of it on paper or felt it or journaled about it, but there's that growth that comes in relationship too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's some things we want to embody that help draw in the relationship. So you letting go of some of the control, some of the judgment, some of the, like, I have to get my run and I have to get my macros, some of that Mm -hmm. I'm calling it rigidity. And again, it's not a negative thing. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just part of how you make yourself feel safe. Letting go of some of that is going to help with the polarity of really bringing in a more masculine man. Because when I, when I talk about masculine feminine, again, they're not gender specific, they're energetics, but if you're, you know, someone who identifies as a female who wants to bring in someone who identifies as a man and you want him to be more masculine, you to be more feminine, the surrender is what invites that masculine energy in. It doesn't mean we're submissive. It doesn't mean we're disempowered. It doesn't mean we just are like, I'm just going to wear a flowy dress all day and see where life takes me. That's not what surrender is. Surrender is like so fiercely brave because it's, it's such like a deep level of trust in our intuition, in our higher power, 
and, and in life that we're just not controlling so much. And that, op- that creates an opening, that creates a receptivity, and that creates an entry point for the masculine. Because most healthy masculine men don't like being told what to do. Right. Yes. And I, I do feel that the experience, that connection that I had, it was like a natural polarity. And Beautiful. I fell into my sort of vulnerability and, and trust and leaning back. How, how can I develop that trust more on my own when I'm on my own? Trust in what? I think, you know, I want to say I've done some of this work. Uh, I think that's part of me maybe resisting, like, <laughs> I think when I say that, like, I want to say I've done this work, but there's obviously more to do. So when I sort of let go and, and trust, that's, that's where I feel like I am mostly. But then when I don't have to, when I don't have the outcome that I'm looking for to back it up, then I sort of start withdrawing from that trust and that free flowing sort of feminine embodiment place that I like to be in. Mm. Mm. So trust is conditional. Oh, it, it certainly seems to be for me as, you know, mm-hmm. it, it certainly seems to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's easy to believe in the magic of the universe when everything's going our way. Right. It's, it's harder when we're scared. Mm-hmm. It's harder when we have a loss. It's harder when things don't go according to our plan whatever right. that, that may be. So I think for you, it's really looking at, you know, so much of our, our core trust issues come from our childhood. Mm-hmm. They come from feeling like adopting certain survival skills. Like there's a point in childhood where we realize, Oh wait, like everything isn't okay. And I've got to do something to make it okay. Right. And that's where the trust wound begins. So do you have any sense of when you stop trusting? I think in some of the sort of inner child work that I've done, I certainly have some abandonment wounds. I didn't feel seen or heard by my father. And I felt that he abandoned me at certain times. I mean, he's, we have a wonderful relationship. And, but I felt that he wasn't there when I really needed him emotionally at certain key points in my life as I was growing up. And so I think that's one reason why I attracted a more, a a man who more in his feminine energy when I got married and then recognized that wasn't right for me either. But I'm really trying to put it together with what you're saying, trust being conditional and Mm -hmm. thinking about how I'm learning to survive, how I'm trying to keep myself safe and uh, kind of exploring there a little bit. Yeah. Well, with that abandonment wound, that's going to impact trust. Okay. Because when we feel, and being abandoned by a parent is especially significant because we expect our parents to love us unconditionally and be there unconditionally. Mm -hmm. It's in the collective, it's in our wiring, it's survival instincts. And so when a parent abandons, either physically abandons or emotionally or whatever it may be, it feels like, oh shit, I have to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we start to develop more of those survival patterns, the controlling patterns, whatever. And it's harder to trust other people and it's harder to trust the universe and it's harder yeah. to surrender because there's a hypervigilance that develops there. Okay. Yeah. So 
it's, I love that you said you have a wonderful relationship with him. I imagine that means now and not necessarily yeah. in childhood, <laughs> yeah. but having a wonderful relationship with a parent in our adult life doesn't fix what happened as a child. Yeah. We can love that and have a great relationship with them. But, and this is something I see actually trips a lot of people up because they're like, Oh, my, my relationship with my parents great. Now mm-hmm. I shouldn't be like, I can just you know, forget about my childhood. <laughs> I don't have to deal with it because we're good now. But the right. inner child is like, ah, I'm not good. Like, I'm glad you're happy with this person now, but like, I got some stuff to work out. And so there's, there might, and I, I know you've done a lot of inner child work and there might be more in working with her and like, it's safe to open her heart to a man again. And so I want to ask about this because I feel like uh, there's always room to grow here, and I and I want to. You've given me a lot to to explore, and I thank you for that. I want to bring this back to sort of my dating life today. Sure. I find that a lot of men do find me very feminine, and they're immediately attracted to that. I find myself being able to connect with a variety of people too, and usually where things end for me is the person just kind of feels like they're not ready, and at that point, you know through certain experiences, you know, about a year or two ago, when I first did dip my toes into dating again, I learned that I hear that person and I honor that boundary. I don't chase that person anymore. And so for me, it's just a little tiring sometimes because I do feel that I'm honoring myself and my feminine, and I've learned how to embrace that more. And like I said, that I think that there's always work to be done there and probably more in relationship too. I just haven't found the match or the person that wants to continue. They, they, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to tie it into father a little bit. So okay. again, there's still a little girl in there who didn't really yes. get everything that she wanted from dad. Yes. So there's a pattern in there of like close, but no cigar. Like right. I can almost have it, but not really. Yeah. So to me, you know, the emotional availability that you had before was kind of reflective of where you still Mm -hmm. had protective things. And this kind of abandon, even though they're not quote unquote abandoning you, but you've Mm -hmm. invested this time, you think it's going great. And then they're like, I'm not ready for this. It's, it's similar to that feeling with dad. So the, how the, the practical way to handle this is to be like really upfront in the beginning about where you are and what you're looking for. And if there's any hesitation on the part of the man, Mm -hmm. like, let's just see where this goes and la, da, 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 you're out. And you don't convince yourself that you can make him change. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's that upfront clarity. And I've shared, maybe you've heard me share Mm -hmm. before I had my friend introduce me to Steph, I said, please ask him if he's calling in his queen, his beloved, like he's, ready for commitment. And if he's a no, or if he hesitates, I don't want the introduction. Wow. That's how clear I was. Wow. Because I did the whole, my love can make them change. My love can make them commit. (laughs) I tried that several times and I had the, you know, same result you did. But again, it was coming from an old wound of like trying, 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 and just really not getting what I wanted. And so I just kept playing that out. So you get to be a stand for what you want and what you're calling in. And 
this isn't in, and I hear a lot of women say that's going to scare a guy away. Not the right man, because you're looking for the same thing. If a man is ready, he'll be like, yes, I'm looking for that too. And you know, I, I'm clear. I'm not asking you to marry me today. I'm not saying that you're that person. I'm not putting that on you and you don't have to give me an answer if if you feel that way about me right now. I just want to know that we're both dating to be in a committed relationship and not dating to see if maybe we're ready or not for it. Like I'm clear I'm ready for it. Like I'm clear I'm ready to be done dating. Yeah. This just the, the way you said it just sounds so much more empowering. Yeah. 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 And it's also feminine. Because oftentimes Mm -hmm. when I say that too, women are like, well, that seems very masculine. That seems very controlling. And I'm like, no, the one of feminine superpowers is discernment. Yeah. And that's feminine discernment of like, this is where I am. And if you're in this place too great, and if you're not, I wish you well. That's not controlling. That's not masculine. That's discernment. So I would honor that, state that in the beginning, really be in that. And if there's any hesitation, then it's a no. Right. Yes. So some of the highlights for you, work on mm-hmm. that patient part. Okay. Really think about how I'm being to myself is how I'm going to show up in partnership. Is there anything I want to shift, improve, work on so mm-hmm. that my partnership with myself becomes how I energetically broadcast the kind of partnership that I'm going to be in. And yes, there's only some things you can learn within the container of a relationship. And mm-hmm. you can do a lot right now in looking at how you partner yourself, how you love yourself, how you talk to yourself, like you are your beloved right now. And yeah. being super clear in where you are and what you're calling in. And I love that you're so connected to your feminine energy. That's great. It's just that one little piece of watching the, the, the rigidity controlling, I have to do this. And if I'm not, I'm going to beat myself up. It's just bringing a little more softness to that aspect of you. Yeah. I didn't realize I could be masculine with myself. (laughs) So I think that's um, something that you helped me uncover. Yeah. And we all have it. Like I, I'm in my masculine at certain parts of the day and certain things that I'm doing, like we have masculine energy. It's just my feminine sits in front of it right? Mm -hmm. So that's my essence. That's more of where I am and how I move through the world. But masculine energy is great too. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's not bad. And that, that controlling masculine is more shadow masculine. It's more unhealthy, Okay. right? Because leadership is one thing, but controlling and oppressive, that's another. Mm -hmm. And judgmental, nah, not healthy masculine. No one wants a man like that. (laughs) So yeah, I think you're, you're in a beautiful spot. I love that you had the courage to, you know, end a marriage that was not working for you anymore. And you're in this beautiful place where your kids are grown and you're open up to this, this next chapter, just be patient and trust. Okay. I'm going to work on that. Thank you so much. This was great. So thank you to Asma for just such a great question and just really appreciated your eloquence and how well you know yourself, the work that you've done, and the intelligence of your questions. It was just a beautiful conversation on so many levels. So there's a lot that we covered in this call. There's a couple things that I do want to highlight. And I said it in the call and I want to bring it back here. I hear a lot, oh, my relationship with my parents is great now. 
So like my childhood shouldn't be affecting me anymore. Or I even had a coaching session with someone earlier today who said, you know, I I don't want to talk about my past. I don't want to deal with my past anymore. But (laughs) her past was affecting her present. So, so many times we, our inner child is acting out. You know, we still have unresolved issues that are playing out and it's all happening subconsciously. And we might think, oh, well, that was in the past or my relationship with my parents is great now. But if you're not really getting the results you want and you're not feeling like you want to feel, there probably is something from the past that's still really, really playing out in the present. So when we talk about doing inner child work, it's not about talking about your childhood. It's about talking to your inner child. Huge distinction there. So for Asma, it's about talking to that little girl who felt abandoned, neglected by her dad and going, I'm here now. What do you need? I know you felt that way. I'm here. And just because she has a great relationship with her dad now, it doesn't take away the pain of the inner child because the inner child's like, well, I didn't have that. What about me? It's great that as a grown up you get this, but as a little girl, when I really needed consistency, when I needed to feel protected, when I needed to feel like I didn't have to control everything because someone was there making sure that things were the way they needed to be, like I didn't have that. And so, again, even if our relationship with our parents is great now, there still might be a need that the inner child has because they were the one that grew up with the parent that maybe wasn't so great. And I just want to reiterate, as I do many times, I'm never about bashing or blaming parents. I'm more about looking at what the inner child didn't get and how we be that parent to ourselves. And so we look at the parents and look at what they didn't give us, not to blame them, but to kind of be the roadmap for how we need to love ourselves, for how we need to parent ourselves. Meaning we look at what they didn't give us, what they did that we didn't like, and we're like, okay, well, how can I give that to myself now? Because as I've also said, it's never too late to have a great childhood. Your inner child lives in you all the time. So I think Asma's kind of in this place of, yes, she's ready. And yes, there's a component of the other person needs to be ready, as I talked about. But there's also probably a few more things that she's exploring and working on. One, her level of patience, the inner judge, the inner critic that comes out when she doesn't get her macros in, when she doesn't do the things, and really looking at that because that will show up in relationship. She'll subconsciously be more critical of her partner, more controlling because she has this aspect within herself. And as I said, the other thing to really look at is that little girl inside who isn't getting what she wants from the man, right? So she had a pattern of emotionally unavailable. Now she has this pattern of we date, it's going well, and then they say they're not ready. And that is just a reflection of kind of her still having that wound around I'm going to be abandoned because that's what that is. Even though it's, it's nice in the sense of it's better than ghosting. Um, it's better than someone just walking out on you in the middle of a relationship. It does hit the abandonment wound when you've invested time and energy with someone and then they go, well, I'm not ready. Cause you're like, well, WTF, like, what have we been doing? And so it's very shocking to the system. Just like abandonment is very shocking as a child. So there's still some abandonment kinks she's working out. And how we heal abandonment wounds is we don't self-abandon. 
And even the judgment she does is a form of self-abandonment because any kind of self-judgment is a form of self-abandonment, self-criticism. So I love her readiness. I love how connected she is with her feminine. I love how clear she is. And as we both said, there's just some layers. There's just some, I don't like to call it work. I like to call it evolving, right? We're consistently evolving. And so as she's waiting and as she's in the in-between and as she's calling her person in, she gets to work on a few of these things, evolve a few of these things. And it's a, it's a beautiful journey of preparing for partnership and really thinking about, okay, the work that I'm doing on myself, becoming a better, more loving partner to myself is an investment in my future relationship. And so her come from is not, oh, I have to do all this to get a man. No, her come from is I am going to be an amazing partner to me because I know that's going to make me a better partner to my partner. That's the come from. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.